Matthew chapter 15, verse 29. Matthew 15, 29. Today we're going to begin talking about God's Jubilee plan. God's Jubilee plan. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Matthew 15, 29, it says, And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee, and went up unto the mountain and sat down there. In verse 30, because now they're about to have church. And he said, A great multitude came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, and what? Maimed. Now when he says maimed, these are people with missing limbs. These are people with blind eyes, actually no eyeballs in their socket. These are people that are more than just lame, amen? They are maimed. Somebody say maimed. Come on, they're crippled. They're deformed in some way or another. And it says here, I said, having with, those, with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at what? at Jesus' feet, and he did what? He healed them. Come on. He did what? Listen to me. Listen to me now. The maimed are on their way to this church. Let me say it again. The maimed are on their way to this church, and we're going to see this before our eyes. Let me say it again. The maimed are on their way to this church. And we're going to see this right here before our eyes. Come on, say amen somebody. Verse 31, it says, Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak and the maimed to be what? The maimed to be what? I'm talking about eyeballs grew back into sockets again. I'm talking about limbs grew back out again. I'm talking about arms grew back out again. Come on, say amen somebody. I'm talking about miraculous things taking place in the earth. Come on, right here, right here, right here. The maimed to be made whole. That means everything that was missing was replaced. Hallelujah. I said the lame to walk. Come on, the blind to see. And they glorified the God of Israel, because that's what they're going to do. They're going to leave out here glorifying God. Not word of faith, they're going to leave out here glorifying God. Turn to Exodus 34.10 again. We read this all throughout last year, but it still applies today. Exodus 34.10. So get ready for the maimed. When they come in, don't look at them cross-sided, don't look at them crazy. Come on, say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Exodus 34.10, it says, Behold, I make a what? I make a what? Listen, when God makes covenant, a covenant is for a thousand generations, folks. So your antenna should always go up when you hear the word covenant. Are you with me out here? He said, Behold, I make a covenant before all thy people. I will do marvels, such as have not been done in all the earth nor in any nations. And all the people among which thou, which, which thou art shall see the work of the Lord, 
for it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. Now that word terrible in the Hebrew once again means an awesome display of power. An awesome display of power. Come on, isn't that we just read what Jesus did? An awesome display of power. God said, I will do, mar do marvels. Come on, say amen, somebody. Sometimes we have the tendency to drop things. Say it again. We have a tendency to drop things. Come on, this word right here is still good. Well, like it was good last year. It's good in 2016 too, you know. God's still doing marvels. And I don't know about you, I'm still pressing for the marbles. I'm pressing for an awesome display of God's power. Come on, are you with me out here? Come on, we're going to see an outbreak of jubilee like we've never seen before. Why? This is liberty time, folks. Tell your neighbor, this is liberty time. <clears throat> this is the time for Luke 4.18. Come on, this is the time for Luke 4.18, where he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I'm talking about the year of Jubilee. Come on, come on. Come on, this is the time for the poor to be poor no more. This is the time for the healed to be done. This is the time for the, to heal the brokenhearted. This is the time for the captives to be set free, folks. It's time for the blind to see. It's time to the, for the bruise, amen, and those that, are, that, that, that have been bruised and hurt to be set free again. To be set at what? Liberty. It's the time of Jubilee. Tell your neighbor, it's the time of Jubilee. Come on, let's go back to Exodus 34.10. Water. Exodus 34.10 again. And he said, Behold, I what? Make a covenant. Say this out loud. I enter into that covenant. This says, Before all thy people. Come on, say that. Before all thy people, I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation, and all the people on which thou art shall see the work of the Lord. For it is an awesome display of power that I would do with thee. Come on. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Let me say it again. All the promises of a God are yes and amen. So we're talking about God's jubilee plan. God's jubilee plan. Now I want you to go to Acts chapter 20 verse 17. Acts 20, verse 17. Now here we'll see Paul going through some immense persecution, folks. Right after Paul's conversion, amen, he was on a mission to do what? Serve the Lord with all his heart, all his might, and all his strength. But everywhere he went, it seemed like the very people he, was, he, was, he thought he was sent to help wanted to kill him. And it wasn't just the people, folks. It was the spirit behind the people. Why? Because the devil was doing everything he could to stop Paul from fulfilling the plan God had for his life. Are you with me out here? So here in verse 17 it says, 
And from Melanthus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know, from the first day that I came to Asia, after what manner I have been with you in all what? At all seasons. He said, listen, I've been there for you. I've been there with you. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then in verse 19, serving the Lord of all what? Humility of mind and with many tears, temptations, which befell me by the lion and weight of the Jews. He said, listen, I cried for y'all. I sat there and cried while y'all was sinning and doing all kinds of things. I cried. My tears, my, I just wept and wept and wept for you all. I sat there and watched sin just ravage your bodies. Come on, say amen, somebody. He says, in the temptation which fell before me when the lion and weight of the Jews, I went through all that just for you. Verse 20, and how I kept back nothing that was what? Probable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly, for, publicly from what? House to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our, towards our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, and now behold, I do what? I go bound unto, in the spirit unto what? Jerusalem. In other words, God has given Paul a mission. God was sending him to preach in Jerusalem, and he says, I'm going, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. He said, I know it's, going to be, I know it's not going to be easy, but he said, I'm ready. Tell your neighbor, I'm ready. See, he said, one thing I do know is what the Holy Ghost told me, that I'm prepared for it. I'm prepared for whatever comes my way. Not knowing the things that shall befall me, save the Holy Ghost, what? Witness in every city, saying that what? Bonds and afflictions, what? Abide me. He said, this is what's going to happen. The Message Bible reads it this way. I do know that it won't, it won't be any picnic. Let me say it again. He says, I do know that it won't be any picnic. For the Holy Spirit has let me know repeatedly and clearly that there are hard times and imprisonment ahead. So the Holy Spirit lets him know time after time that this is not going to be easy, folks. And so we need to get this because why? We think everything should be easy, and it's not. Oh, hallelujah. You're going to have challenges in this world. Why? Because you have an enemy out there. You have an enemy that doesn't want, to want, he doesn't want you to succeed. But you have to be like Paul. Instead of running, Instead of quitting all the time. Instead of running from conflict all the time because you don't like conflict. Amen. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. Amen. You're going to be like Paul when he says in verse 24, but none of these things move me. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. He said what? But none of these things move me. Let me say it again. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. It ain't about me. Paul understood it's not about me. So that I may what? 
I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus to do what? To testify the gospel of the grace of God. In other words, the greatest joy of my life is doing what God has called me to do. Oh, you hear what I say? He's saying the greatest joy of my life is doing what God has called me to do. Nothing else matters. Why? He said, I'm not leaving this earth with unfinished business because I was afraid. Unfinished business because I was just plain lazy or just plain disobedient. Come on, are you with me out here? But look at verse 25. Because show you how serious he was. He said, but now, he said, now behold, I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, you shall see my face no more. You may never see me again. Why? I'm on assignment to preach in Jerusalem through hell or high water. Amen. 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 And throughout his journey to Jerusalem, everybody tried to stop Paul. Come on, he, he had prophetesses. Prophesied to him what was going to happen if he went. But what did he do? Paul pressed on anyway. Why? Because he got the divine plan from God. He had his jubilee plan. So here in Acts 23, 9, Paul has made it to Jerusalem. And everything happens just like the Holy Ghost told him and what was prophesied over him. Amen? They bound him and they put him in prison. And in verse, verse 9 in Acts chapter 23, verse 9, it said, There arose a what? A great cry and the scribes that were of the Pharisees part arose and strove, saying, We find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. And when there arose a great dissension, the chief captains, fearing lest Paul should have been what? Pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force from among them to bring him into the council. I mean, they was going to write, tear his tie. What did it say? Tear his hide? Come on, amen, glory to God. And said, the night following, the Lord did what? The night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. What was the Lord doing? He was strengthening Paul. Come on, it would be natural for Paul to be depressed at this time. Come on, say amen, somebody. Afraid at this time and discouraged by all this is going on. Because why? He might have been putting himself down. Why? Because he caused all this commotion. And to him it seems like he failed. It seems like he did all this for nothing. But when see, when you're in your lowest point, that's when God shows up. The Lord showed up and said, Paul, you didn't fail. You've been a tremendous witness for me. Come on, say amen, somebody. And now I'm sending you to Rome. Come on, do you believe Paul was encouraged? Yes, he was. What happened? This assured him that he was called according to God's purpose, folks. Come on, are you with me out here? Come on, he felt relieved that he was still in the center of God's will for his life. See, sometimes all you need is to keep going is one word from God. All you need is for God to say, listen, it's going to be all right. 
I'm not going to let you fail. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. And now that Paul was encouraged, he was ready for anything. But notice he says, Paul, for thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou what? Bear witness also at Rome. Listen, if Paul would have never went to Jerusalem, he would have never been able to receive the assignment to Rome. You can't expect to preach all over the world and never complete your assignment where God sent you the first time. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. Because he want to go here and there and everywhere. And they never completed the first assignment God gave them. Are you with me out here? Look at verse 12. And then when it was they, certain Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither need, neither eat nor drink until they had what? This was the very next day, folks. But Paul was already prepared for anything. Why? He received a word from the Lord that he was going to Rome. He wasn't going to die in some prison somewhere. He was what? Going to Rome. And then it says in verse 13, And there were more than 40 which had made this conspiracy. And they came to the chief priests and elders and said, We have bound ourselves under, this great, under a great curse, that we will eat nothing until we what? Till we have slain Paul. Now therefore you, have, you with the council signify to the chief captain that he bring him down unto you tomorrow as though he would inquire something more perfectly concerning him, and we, or ever he come near, are ready to kill him. Come on. They said, we're going to set a trap, ambush. Just go up there and tell him that we want to see him, just ask some more counsel. Maybe we make, make it look like we want to hear his wisdom. And when he gets down here, we're going to take him out of here. But how many people know God always got somebody watching your back? God always has somebody watching your back. Verse 16, when Paul's sister's son heard of their lying in wait. Come on. Come on, he was at the right place at the right time. <laughs> Come on, at the right place at the right time. Now, how did he know that they was going to do all this? He was just there. But guess what? God will position people to hear the enemy's plans so that he can come back and warn you. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. And once again, the devil's plans are spoiled. See, once, listen, once you have God's plan for your life, the devil can't stop you. Let me say it again. Once you have God's plan for your life, the devil can't stop you. I didn't say he wouldn't try. I said he can't stop you. Now, in chapter 27, Paul's headed to Rome. Acts 27.1, Paul's headed to Rome. And it says that when he had determined that he should what? Set sail to Italy. They delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. Now go down to verse 9. Go down to verse 9 where it says, Now when much time was spent, 
And what sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive. In other words, Paul was sensing, sensing something in the spirit. He was sensing that something bad was going to happen if we launch out. Listen, when you hear something like that or you sense something like that, never violate that. Come on, say amen, somebody. So Paul says, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage. Not only the lady in the ship, but also of, no, he says, our lives. Come on, there's a lot of stake here, folks. He's telling them, you're in danger of losing all your cargo, everything you have, and you will lose our lives also. Come on, say amen, somebody. And this would also interfere with the jubilee plan God had for Paul's life and ministry. He says, I got it in my spirit that this voyage will be hurt and what? Much damage. Verse 11. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the what? Master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Listen, when a man of God gives you a warning, you better take heed. Come on, say amen, somebody. You can't go by what the newspaper says. You can't go by what politicians say. And you can't go by what your best friend says. Listen to the man or woman of God. It goes on to say, verse 12, and because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart this, this also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenice and there to winter, which is in the haven of create and lieth towards the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their purpose, in other words, it was nice and calm. They just flowing smoothly. You know, at that point, people think they made the right decision. Paul didn't know what he's talking about. Look at it. Clear skies. Look at the clouds. White. Blue skies, sun shining, beaming down on us. Come on. Hallelujah. The water just slowly just, come on, everything's just going fine. <laughs> everything's just going fine. The wind's blowing softly. Blowing through the hair. <laughs> and like it says here, supposing they obtained their purpose, losing since they sailed close to create. But not long after, there arose a what? A temptuous wind called a what? You're climbing. In other words, they ended up in the middle of a hurricane because they didn't listen. Come on. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. In other words, we stopped trying to steer the ship. We just let that thing go where the waves took us. Come on, say amen, somebody. That's when you're in a hopeless situation. And then running, it says, verse 16, and running under an island, certain island, which is called Clada, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship, and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, struck sail, and so, and so were what? Driven. 
And we being exceedingly tossed with tempests, the next day they lighten the ship. In other words, now we're starting to lose our stuff. And the third day we cast out all with our hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then what? Taken away. In other words, they were in total darkness. I don't know about you. I wouldn't want to be out there in the water. <laughs> in the middle of a storm. In total darkness. Come on. Waves were still beating on the ship, folks. 100 mile per hour winds were still blowing, gusting them, tossing them to and fro. And then on top of that, it was pitch black. They couldn't see their way out, folks. In their eyes, this was it. We gone, y'all. Come on. But remember, Paul was right there with them. But if I look at this, Paul was of a different spirit. Because remember, Jesus told him months before, you are going to Rome. He said, what? You are going to Rome. Look at verse 21. But at the long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, <laughs> you should have hearkened unto me. And I'm pretty sure he didn't say it real nice. You should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from credit and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you, be of good cheer. <laughs> I exhort you what? To be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the what? Ship. Come on, why is he saying all this? Because in verse 23, for there stood by me. Come on, there stood by me what? This night the angel of God, whose I am and who I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Why? Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God has given thee all them that sell with thee. Why did he give? Because Paul asked for them. Because God could have just saved Paul and let all of them, the rest of them drown. But Paul said, no, nah, I got you, I got you, I got you. You ought to be glad I'm on this boat. Come on, that's the way I feel when I get on the airplane. Y'all ought to be glad I'm on this airplane. Come on, sir. Amen, somebody. We all going to the other side because I'm on this plane. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. But notice it says, he said, thou must be brought before, that was it right there. I must be brought before Caesar. Listen, drowning in a ship was not part of the plan. Are you with me out here? He said an angel came and did what? Stood beside me and said, Paul, you are going to Rome. You're what? You're going to Rome. What does angel do? He reminded Paul of the plan. Where's he going? See, listen, folks. That sickness that's trying to attack your body is not part of the plan. That disease that's trying to sink your ship 
is not part of the plan. That debt that's trying to capsize your boat is not part of the plan. Why? You're going to Rome. You're going to Rome. Paul says in verse 25 once again, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. I believe God. That it shall be even as it was what? Told me. Paul said, yes, we're going to Rome. But listen, once he took a hold of that plan again, all the concern about him dying in that storm left him. Oh, let me say that again. Once he took a hold of that plan again, all the concern about dying in that storm left him. See, you got to go back and take the plan up again. Once you pick your plan up again, guess what? All the concerns you had about this and that, guess what? It will start to disappear. But you got to pick up the plan again. Tell your neighbor, you got to pick up the plan again. Why? Because the plan is bigger than the storm. Oh, let me try this side over here. The plan is bigger than the storm. Matter of fact, the plan will stop the storm. Somebody say, I got the plan. See, the plan is bigger than cancer, folks. It'll stop the cancer. The plan is bigger than the wayward children. It'll bring your wayward children back home again. The plan is bigger than your finances. It's way bigger than your debt, folks. The plan is bigger. So he says, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Now he's saying cheer up right in the middle of them throwing up. He says, for I what? For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. None of us are going to die if you pay attention to me this time. And do what I tell you to do and obey God. Come on, say amen, somebody. And do what? Obey God. Guess what? God has a jubilee plan for your life. And if you don't have the plan, you need to find the plan. Because once you have the plan, guess what? The devil can't stop the plan. Come on, are you with me out here? Matter of fact, there was a man in death row in the state of Arkansas. He was raised by crooks. His daddy was an ex-con. His mama was an ex-con. All his brothers did time. Come on, that was all he knew. He didn't know anything about living right, folks. Are you with me out here? But he was on death row, and what he, said, what he did, he got a hold of some of Kenneth Copeland's books. And he got on the word of God, and he got turned around. Come on, say amen, somebody. Received the Holy Ghost and yielded to the call to preach. And God got him off death row. And when he got out, he had no idea on how to live straight because his whole family was crooked. So what did he do? He followed Kenneth Copeland around. He would find Kenneth Copeland's meetings, or he'd find, he'd find Kenneth Copeland's schedule, and what he would do, 
he would get there ahead of time, find a job, stay there until the meeting came, amen, had a little money in his pocket to sow some seed, he would quit the job, go to every service in that meeting. Then after the meeting, head to the next scheduled meeting and do it all over again wherever Kenneth Copeland went. And God blessed him with a job everywhere he went. And he would go to every meeting, get every tape, and listen to every tape over and over and over and over again. What did he do? He stayed in the Word of God until he wound up being the dean of a Bible school. Why? Because that's what the Word would do in your life. But guess what? But that was the plan all the time. The plan was not on death row, folks, in the state of Arkansas. That was never God's plan for him. God's plan for him all the time was to be the dean of a Bible school. And listen here, folks. It doesn't matter how far beneath the dungeon you are. If you'll cry out for that plan and get in the word of God, God will bypass 5 billion people just to get to you because you got faith. God will do whatever it takes to get you out of the dungeon and get you back on his plan. Why? Because it's time, folks. Tell your neighbor, it's time. And guess what? God is saying, all is well. Come on, lift your hands and give God praise. God said, all is well. God is saying, all is well. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. Come on, it's Jubilee time. God has a Jubilee plan for your life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And whatever you're going through cannot stop the plan. Because it's not in the plan. Come on. Those problems that you're having, it's not part of the plan. It's not part of the plan. It's not part of the plan. God said, you're going to Rome. So don't you count yourself out. Don't you count yourself out. Don't you count, you're going to Rome. Father, we thank and we praise and we glorify you, Lord. Father, we give you all the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.